Gundam style, everybody. Welcome to Wow Cool Robot, a show about Gundam. I'm Max, and I use he, him pronouns, and with me, as always, is... Sarah, I use she, her pronouns. What's up? Uh, we're vibing. We're we're in the thick of it. Gundam's yeah, good. Yeah, nothing we're... bad has ever... Well, nothing really... In the grand scheme of things, nothing that bad happened on this episode. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. We're not next episode. The next episode is definitely gonna have a pretty big body count, though. <laughs> Do you, what's that strange rumbling I hear in the distance? I'm gonna ignore it for now. <laughs> this is gonna be. So, I can't believe I have to. I mean, I, I technically can finish this and then like go watch the other the next three episodes. But it's like, do you want to though? <laughs> not right. No. <laughs> it's like you ever that you ever watch Friends? You ever watch Friends? Uh, uh, I've seen a bit. There's this joke that I think about all the time, which is that um. Joey, when he read, when Joey read The Shining, um, at the parts where it got too scary for him to keep reading, he would put the book in the freezer, and then <laughs> okay. um, he read like some like like the part of the episode was, like he did the same thing with like some like quote unquote girly book that was really sad. Like I think he was like reading Pride and Prejudice or something, and he like uh-huh. put it in the freezer when it got really sad. And like I'm putting gun, I'm putting Unblood Orphans in the freezer. <laughs> Fumatan cannot die heroically if I, if she is just in the freezer. She's in cryo sleep. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> We saved her. Yeah. Well, we don't know for certain what happens next. We week, don't so know for certain we'll that Fumitan is going to die. We don't know for certain that there's a reason why the episodes next week just start with an episode <laughs> called Fumitan Admos. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about something happy with Iron Blooded Orpin. Yeah, let's let's start Orpins. with something happy. <laughs> Fuck's an Orpin. Orpin. Iron Blooded Orphans episode thirteen. Funeral rites. As Masahiro dies after being crushed by Kudal, the battle continues. Several Tekadon soldiers die while infiltrating Brook's ship on Shino's orders when they are gunned down by human debris. Mika is able to defeat Kudal, signaling the end of the battle. On Earth, McGillis's engagement party begins and he shares a private dance with Almeria. Ugh. After the battle, Orga offers all the human debris a place in Tekadon and Meribit suggests holding a funeral for the fallen. They send off the dead's belongings and fire special shells, shooting off ice flower fireworks. As things calm down, Tekadon are able to take command of Brook's ship, and Akihiro becomes the pilot of the Gusion in order to honor Masahiro's memory. Mika kisses Kudelia after seeing Naze kiss Amida, and we finally learn that, as Tekadon heads to the colonies, Noblest plans to have Kudelia killed when they arrive. This... again, a lot is kind of jam-packed into here. Really just a lot going on in here. There was, like, so many things that... just so many things happened in Mm -hmm. this one. It's kind of funny how, like, the episodes where there's no mobile suit fighting is when everything happens. Well, yeah, I mean, like, because what, what the fuck happens in a mobile suit? Like, what, 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 like, major things that happen in a mobile suit fight is, like, there's a minute and a half of fighting, and then, like, a major plot thing will happen. Like, you know, a, 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 a main character, like, gets shot in the head or something. Uh-huh. Like, that's a minute and a half. Whereas, like, with this, with no mobile suit fighting, it's, like, there's a minute and a half of dialogue, of setup, of True. everything. Like, I mean, you know, you it's yeah, always, okay. it's always, like, there's an episode of ReZero that's, like, three or four episodes out from where we are right now. And I'm actually kind of dreading it a little bit because the, um, I, it's it's one of, if not my absolute favorite episode of the entire series, but the entire episode is basically just two characters standing and talking to each other. Tremendous. And 
it's it's gonna be hard to talk about. And also, it's fucking wild that ReZero of all shows is the one with the, is the show that has like multiple episodes that are just like, hey, let's have a heartfelt conversation yeah, for right? like twenty five minutes. Let's have let's have a heart to heart. Yeah, let's have a let's have a little heart to heart about despair and hope and you know love and everything. <laughs> I love JRPGs. Yeah, me too. Uh, so. Episode starts out really fucking. Episode, episode starts out great. We just get we just get to see Masahiro get pancaked again. Yeah, he's I just haha. This sucks. Uh, and like fucking <laughs> getting pancaked. Kudal just brings like a big like a big stick of butter on the on the instead of a hammerhead. <laughs> uh, it's a we cut immediately for Masahiro getting squished to like. Shino and the boys are in Brooke's ship infiltrating and they like open up room and they see a bunch of scared little human debris and Shino's like, oh, just leave them. And then like as he turns around and floats forward, like you just hear gunshots and then like his entire unit gets fucking gunned down by these kids who like yeah. basically fucking... don't know any better. Yeah. Like <sighs> Levi lost his entire squad. Not 25% of it. Not 50%. Not 50%. hundred <laughs> percent. God. Lord. Like I get um, that. I get that post though. Like Shino's got some problems about this yeah. later on. God, she knows fucking going through it, this one. Listen, listen, I don't want to extend too much of an olive branch to the Attack on Titan fans, to be clear. <laughs> on this on this one singular issue, we get it. I will agree uh, with you once. Once. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Akihiro is, like, pulling Masahiro out from the rubble. The, the boy ain't right, he's dying. Um, no, he, he's 100% just, like, on his last leg. He's definitely, like separated from most of his body at this point and yeah he he, he reca- recalls to Akihiro that someone once told him this was like last week this was like 10 minutes ago in the history of the show but whatever he's like I remember someone telling me a story saying that when humans die their souls are reborn but he says it's too good to be true and he's human debris so the story clearly has nothing to do with him and Akihiro like in tears is like screaming that no you're gonna be reborn I'll find you again and, and Masahiro's like maybe We'll find out and be set. There's a really nice moment here, which is that um, uh, Ozzy and Laughter like deliberately like steering their little like scraps away from where this Uh is happening to grant uh, Akihiro and Masahiro the time they need. Yeah, it's it's I would if they had not had that, I would not have like questioned why nobody was fighting near them. But right. I like it all the same. Yeah, it's, it's like the it's like we can assume it's like the Batman Arkham Asylum thing where like only one thing can happen at once. But it's nice. Yeah, it's nice yeah. that they like are thoughtful about the battlefield. Um, meanwhile, Mika is still fighting with Kudal and like he's getting the hang of his Uchi. He he he's like starting to realize how to how to fight with sword and not mace. Yeah, he's got his fast roll. He dropped the shield. Yeah. <laughs> um, Listen, I'm, feels... I'm I'm just saying the shield on Amuro's Gundam engendered some passivity. Right, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's like the third time I've read this term and it completely, like, just all over today. I can't stop thinking yeah, about Yeah, it's, it's on my phrase. mind, too. I've been reading Elden Ring chat. It's really fun to read Elden Ring chat with just, like, everyone being like, I fucking hate black text. This is... Yeah. <laughs> redacted, redacted, redacted. <laughs> but when you get there, you will realize. Yeah, I, I, I clicked on, I clicked on some of these spoilers. I'm, uh... Uh, feel free to cut this if there's too much of a spoiler, but, like, I... <laughs> There's, I feel like there were a lot of complaints about Bravely Default that maybe that maybe uh, recanted about this one. Also, what just length? Do it again. Do it again. Do it again and again and again and again. Like I mean, I know Dark Souls loves a refight. Like you know, you fight the you fight the Asylum Demon like what three times in Dark Souls one. I mean, for what it's worth, Elden Ring each time, like 
adds new twists to the bosses and sure, stuff. Sure, so but like, like it, it's a fucking long ass game. They had to, you know, kind of copy paste a little bit. I the still size of it is not like it's not. Da- I mean, I guess it is daunting. It's just like more worrying to me because it's like, oh man, I because like I I. <laughs> It's just so much. Yeah, I don't are you like, ready to I commit months of your life to this game? I don't think I... I don't know if I like open worlds very much. Huh? Like, I've been thinking lately about, like, the last open worlds that I, like, really, really liked, which were, um... I mean, I... I don't think that, like... The, I don't think I, like, really liked the way the open world of Horizon Zero Dawn was structured, but, like, I enjoyed it enough to platinum that game. Right. Um, which, I mean, I guess I must have enjoyed it enough. I guess I must have enjoyed it plenty, because no real reason to, like, engage in, like, you know, finding all yeah, of the, the coffee mugs and everything. Yeah, like, 50 hours. But it was nice, like, you know, just brain off podcast time. And, like, I'm trying to think of what the other open world game that I've, like, enjoyed. And it's, like, Borderlands? <laughs> I, and, like, that's not, like, arguably not quite open world? Not really an open world, no. Yeah. I don't it's know. A fun game though. Eh. Uh, you know, you know what? Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. There we go. All Found right, one. we 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 got there. <laughs> but yeah, it's big game. Big game. Love love content. Yeah. Uh, um. But Mikowski fucking kills uh, Kudal. He, he's liking it. Like before Kudal dies, he's like, "You're enjoying this, aren't you?" And Mika's like, "Maybe." And fucking, he's like, "Well, if I am, this one doesn't deserve to stay alive." As he like critical hit like wedges the sword between plates of armor on the Gusion and like spears the cockpit. Yeah. We get like a really nice like like explosion. Yeah, I love when they do that. Um, bye bye Kudal. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye honey. <laughs> uh next yeah, scene's great. I, my, my my note for this says rest in piss Kudal, you died as you lived. Fail. Yeah, fail cringe. L. Um we get the next scene is the the, it's the party. Ch- it's the party. It's the debutante ball. And where McGillis and Baldwin are like, just, I don't know, McGillis' dad is there. He's getting talked up a little bit, but the Blowjob brothers hate it. Um, yeah. The four Ashleys from Recess, they've all grown up now. And they come up to McGillis say, and say, can we talk to you briefly, sexually? Sexually. Um, Almiria <laughs> rolls up and is immediately jealous of the, the huge jugs and fat yeah, asses on the Ashleys. she can't, she can't breast around. Yeah. And... Like, she runs out and starts crying, and then McGillis shows up and is like, will you dance with me? And it's, she's like, no, they'll laugh at me, they'll laugh at me, and he, like, picks her up like a child, and the this scene is, this scene drives me fucking insane. Yeah. Like, this is a scene that, if this, if this scene was presented to me stripped of its context, I would think is a genuinely, like, sweet scene. Like, uh-huh. like stripped of its context, this is, like... You know, young girl with debutante ball feeling insufficient because she is just, you know, she's a child and everyone else here is an adult who is very uh-huh. clearly an adult. And she is just, you know, moping. And then some, you know, refined, gentle sir knight is like, hello, my, hello, little, do- hello, little lady. Would you like to share this dance? She's like, no, they're, they, they want women. They, and he's like, but I, yeah. I will dance with you, my, my lady. And just, you know, has a nice little, like, just, just, but the child bride thing of yeah, it all. The thing on McGillis paper, it's the, nice. The and then you remember out, that thing, he's engaged to a nine-year-old. The thing where you remember that... Uh, it's... I also want to be clear that I am not, like... I am not against a story, like, uh, of this... Like, this is some upsetting material, but it's like, you know, I can take this story. I just don't fucking get what they're doing with it. And, like, maybe it's not for me to get for another 20 episodes or so, but I'm just like, what the fuck are we doing here? It's putting a lot... It it is making you put a lot more trust in the writers than you kind of want to, given the circumstance. Yeah, and... 
I just like there's a there's still a lot of show to go. People have spoken highly of it, so like you know, I I'm I'm. <laughs> I'll say it again, I'm willing to extend my trust to these writers that they are going to stick these landings, but man, I'm fucking sucking air through my teeth about a lot of them. Yeah. There's only so much one person can take. And yeah. like for a for, for a fucking character who really doesn't like to be engaged to a nine year old, he really doesn't show it that much. No, he's like, oh no, I hate being engaged to a nine year old. Anyways, I'm gonna just go like hang out with like 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 <laughs> Okay, this is an insane hypothetical to even say the if part of, but uh-huh. like, if I were in McGillis's shoes, I would be staying away from that child at oh, all absolutely. fucking cost. Like that, if I see that child walk into a room and call me Mackie, there is like there is a Mackie shaped hole in the wall. Like, yeah, I'm no, I am filing a restraining order on myself. Yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, definitely. I believe in like you know, like you know, prison abolition and stuff, but, like, I'm still, like, showing up to the clink and be like, all right, come on, lock me up, guys. <laughs> Take me away. Up. Take me away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Uh, thankfully, that's kind of all we get uh, from him this week because we cut to... It's, it's, uh, so fr- it's so frustrating because, like, if the child bride shit was not in here, it's just, like, like, this feels like if this was an entirely, like, like... Platonic. It feels weird to even call his relationship platonic because, like, why would it be anything else? But like, in a surely platonic relationship, I think there's like a real innocence that like McGillis is literally holding on to with his two hands here and saying, yeah. "Forget." He like he says, "Forget everything tonight. We dance." Like he is literally holding on to this ideal of innocence in his hands, yeah. and it's also his child bride. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I-, I will say everything I can, everything I, everything I have to say about this shit comes with the comma of like it, it just ends with. Comma, and also Child Bride. Yeah. I mean, I will say, n- not to get too far into it, because the show will get there at some point, but, like, you're, you're getting pretty close to what the show is saying about it, in a way. Um, but we'll get there. You know, again, it's, like, 30 yeah. episodes from now, we're going to get the full picture. Sure. Um, Listen, if, if, if I... If I if, I fully believe I'll be eating humble pie about this, but you know what? If I can't talk passionately about it now, because I don't... Because if I can't talk passionately about it now, when can I talk passionately yeah, about exactly. it? Yeah, exactly. And if I and listen, when I mean to humble pie, you know it's gonna be pretty fucking tasty. It'll be yummy, <laughs> yummy, yummy pie, yummy uh, pie. Um, so we're on. We're, we got to Isaribi. Uh, Tekadon has like secured all the human debris, and Orga's talking to them, and he's like straight up is like, "Yeah, hey, you can join Tekadon. Like, we're gonna take care of you. This is this can be your home if you want." And they don't get it because they're like, "We shot at you," and Orga's like, "Yeah, you're child soldiers. I get it. Like, come join us." And they all start crying and thank him and. I think uh, it's Dante, who's like, who's one of the human debris. He's like, thanks, Orga. Like, it's it's just nice that you know it's just this immediate forgiveness because he understands that they are human debris. Like, they don't really have a choice in like the fucked up shit they have to do. I really like the thematic. Just, I really like like the like the I don't know juxtaposition parallels. I'm not entirely sure, um, but like jumping straight from. McGillis literally holding like a symbol of innocence. Like Almeria, Almeria is like a very privileged child and yeah. like has never experienced har- real hardship in her life, and is just like perfectly innocent to the cruelties of the real world. Jumping straight to kids more or less her age being like forgiven for the horrible shit that they have yeah. been forced to do. I really like that. It, it's it's fucking whip. The storytellings. Yeah, it's cinematography. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, I don't know, I've just been really appreciative of, like, good storytelling. Like, Higurashi has made me appreci- more appreciative of, like, 
well crafted storytelling yeah, stuff like that. So I something guess. is like thoughtful and, and planned out. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, let's see. Poor Shino, though. He he's kind of like crying alone in a room by himself because you know, in his mind, he let everyone to his death to their death by not by ignoring the human debris and having them be gunned down later. Um, and oh, also Mika- when um when oh, sorry, just jump back. Um, yeah. the kids also all cry when Orga says that they can join Tekadon. Yes. Um, which yeah, is, nice. I, just, I just wanted to make sure that we note that because that's important for a thing at the, I think at the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we got from the kids crying to Shino crying. Mm-hmm. Mika walks in and he's just, he doesn't like, he, he kind of comforts him. He just says like, you're wrong. Like, you know, don't, it's, it's never good to blame yourself for this kind of thing because like, there's no way that you would know what was going to happen there. Um, Shino has to kind of like go through it this week. I think this is like partially the Shino episode. Yeah, she know homosexual moments. She know she sad know moments. moments. <laughs> the gamut of emotion. Yeah. Uh, Gay, sad. <laughs> these are the two. These are the two <laughs> emotions that I. The three emotions that I feel now are gay, sad, and math. <laughs> there are three wolves inside you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you are a sad gay mathematician. Yes, this <laughs> this is true. <laughs> there are three <laughs> wolves inside of me. They are this, and there's also a tiger in me. But that tiger is just chilling. Yeah, just vibing. Um, just chilling. Just hanging out. Uh, we, we Next scene is on the bridge of Hammerhead, I think. Yeah, Naze, Brooke, Brooke yeah. Kabayan and Naze. I mean, I keep thinking that his name is Kabanyan. Like the... And is, isn't that like a, a yokai? No. Um, uh, Jibanyan. Jibanyan, yes, yes. I mean, there's like... Ha- half of the yokais in that series are like neon variants. So you... Because like, like the statistically, thing is that, like, you're right. Because I'm sure that, like, Kabanyan, I'm sure that's, like, I don't know, like, a bag cat or something. Because, you know, Kaban is bag. Let me see if there's anything for this. Kabanyan. Let me uh, find, nothing find me something. for me. Nothing. Wow. wow. Okay. All right. We've made a fucking fake him on yokai. <laughs> Good no, work, I, Sarah. I, I have made a great, I have made a great pun. You know what? If, you know, designer dogs go in purses, designer cats go in Kabanyans. So true. <laughs> Uh, and like the, Nase and Orga are chewing Brooke out. You know they're gonna they're making him pay for the reparations from the battle. It's mm-hmm. weird that the dub specifically uses the term reparations. They also use reparations in the sub. I'll note. Yeah, which is like I feel like that's a more specific term than like like I guess there's more historical connotation and weight to that term than what they're using it in this tense. Yeah, um, like like reparations to me feels like a like like. Something for the aftermath of like a a war or something, not for the aftermath yeah. of like a battle. Not like one one battle, yeah. But you know, regardless, that's the term they use. And Orga says they're taking a ship and all the mobile suits on it. And he's like, "If you don't like it, we'll feed your flesh to the dogs." Yeah, yeah. Call, we'll feed your fatty flesh to the dogs. Uh, just he's like, evil because he's fat. Do you get it? Uh, just like uh. it's it's just like there's a couple of small things in this episode that just made me like, yeah. Because there's like there's also like like not a fat one but like later on like um Atra is like talking about how bad everyone on the ship stinks and she specifically singles out like Yukinojo the one black well I guess there's there's two named black characters but like we have not really experienced much of who's the guy on the bridge um with the oh dark uh, Chad yeah Chad Chad what is it Chad Chaddington or Chad Chadden <laughs> Chad Chadden, but um, we have not really experienced much of Chad Chadden, so I just I felt really weird about later on in the second episode when Atra was like, "Oh yeah, the one like named black character we've spent any time with, yeah, he smells like, really super ultra bad." And the thing is, like, I can tell the show's disappointing him out because he's the only like actual adult on the ship, but at the same time, he's also like right the only adult black person on the ship, right? 
And it's like, you know, it's, you know, Tekadon is a, like a pretty diverse thing. Like I, I I don't want to like start like, you know, doing, pulling out the caliper or anything, but like, I don't know, Orga, uh, Akihiro, like Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of people with like, you know, not just like the typical, you know, skin tones you would expect. Yeah. They're, they're not all like anime white boys. Yeah. Not all anime white boys or I guess anime Japanese boys. Yeah. 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 Uh, Let's see. So yeah, th- we 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 do like a little inventory, and Mary tells us they're hold on. Was um from from Death Note was was Mello a quirked up white boy? I'm gonna go and say yes. Yeah, he was a quirked up white boy with a little bit of swag who did enjoy to bust it down sexual style. <laughs> low key goaded with the sauce, Mello. <laughs> low lo- uh, low key, yeah, low key, low key. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, We're, I got this way off topic. Yeah. Um, Meribit tells Orga that they have a uh, like ten mobile suits. They, they take inventory. Um, Orga yep. is going to sell them all because Except he says for the that like, yeah. Well, he, before that he, he still plans to sell the Gujon oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. before he talks to Akira because he's like, you know, we're not gonna have any eating to do cereal Akira will Akira is eating cereal and say they like, no one will ever pilot the thing that killed Akira's <laughs> brother. Yeah. Uh but then Maribit suggests they should hold a funeral to free Masahiro's soul. Uh and Nase is like, oh yeah, funerals, this is part of Earth's history. And Orga is like I mean I understand that like this is a sort of simple mechanism to show how different culturally like kids raised on Mars are, at least in the environment that all the Tekadon kids were, because, like, none of them really know what a funeral is, but it still is very strange that Orga's just like, that fucking sucks. What a shit idea, Maribit. Yeah. It, it's it's just it, a lot of weird pushback from him on this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but even Akira's like, yeah, it's a good idea, and, you know, it's mainly for Masahiro, so they all go along with it. Um, Maribit and Orga talk about it later on, and Orga just, he, he tells her he doesn't really get it, souls being reborn, and he says that we should be more concerned for the people who are alive now and staying alive and, you know, forging a future, uh, and she explains to him that funerals are just as much for the living as for the dead, you know, it's that catharsis, it's, it's helping you let go and move on, um, and she walks away, and he's like, okay, whatever, old woman. And under his breath. And she hears him and she says, um, whatever you say, little boy. <laughs> little boy. Little boy. I'm simply looking. Orga boy. Orga boy. Pegasus ass. Um, cut to Yuki Nojo is talking to Yamagi. Yeah, Yamagi's got an idea. Yamagi has a fun idea. I like this. And then we get we get, we get the, the title card. And then when we get back from the title card, most of the Takadon crew is up on the exterior of the Asuribi. Yeah. I like that. It's a cool, it's, you know, it's like the whole gravity. I guess they might be using, like, magnet boots, too. But it also puts the, the fucking existential dread in me to just imagine being sitting on a ship in space and then not, like, having a tether or anything like that. Right, right? Like, are you kidding? Like, yeah. like, they, gravity hadn't, you know what? Gravity hadn't come out yet, so, you know. <laughs> I almost spit my know. drink on my mic. <laughs> they, they didn't know. <laughs> they didn't know Sandra Bullock doesn't exist in this world. This is this is a different universe. This is no, no, not a world without Sandy B. <laughs> oh, oh no! How can That's I why things are so dire. I, I get isekai into the Iron Blooded Orphans world, and I'm just despondent because I'm now living in a world without the proposal starring Ryan Reynolds. Also, well, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like a yesterday situation where you get to be, you get to bring all the ideas of these fun Sandy B movies, and you get to make millions. Because, oh, I, get, because... I get to make I get to make I get to make Gundam speed. <laughs> that sounds really different than what I intended it, which is speed movie, but with Gundams and not like. Speed for Gundams. No, I, I, I understood. I got you. Okay. Um, I'm also, I'm also going to invent Gundam speed. Yeah, yeah. You get both. Yeah. Might as well. 
<laughs> clerical, uh, clerical error got rid of that one also when yeah. <laughs> when uh, when they erased the Sandra Bullock movie Speed with Keanu Reeves. With, sorry, Keanu. Keanu does exist in post disaster, though we know this. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we 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 see uh, as well. Everyone's on the like the top of the ship, and there's also like a coffin. It's like loaded yeah, Takaki, up with all- also Takaki is here. Takaki's fine. Takaki's here. Yes, he's fine. Yeah, yeah. He 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 made it out. He's totally good now. Um, and like they've loaded up this coffin with all like the, the goods of the dead, like you know helmets and clothes and like random paraphernalia. It's nice. Um, Orca begins the funeral, and like he's the one who like kind of leads the charge, I guess. Like you know, taking Meribit's words to heart, even if he fully doesn't believe it himself, which is quite nice. Yeah. He, um, you know, he tells everyone to bow their heads so that you know the souls can move on. Um, and they send the coffin off, and they fire the shots. Uh, and everyone calls them ice flowers. They're, they're fireworks. And we learn from Yukinoja that Yamagi had the idea to, like, basically mess with the hydrogen ratio in the propellant. So, like, when it exploded, does this really pretty, like, white sparkly explosion. Yeah, it's nice. It's a it's a really very sweet moment for this kind of show. Um, Naze, uh, well, everyone is, like, uh, well, there's, a, like, a moment of, like, some color characters, like, lamenting the brevity of the display. But uh, Eugene has some symbolic things to say about, like, oh, you know, human. when we, we lived all our lives, when we die, it's an instant. And then he also holds Akihiro homosexually as the firework is fading away. Yeah. Um, it's nice. Naza encourages the kids to cry about it, but the kids are like, no, when we send off our coolest comrades, we cannot be cringe about it. We have to stand strong. And I kind of disliked this a little bit, but then I re- realized while we were talking about the way this episode started, because like, I, I had to watch this episode over two days. Um, so I'd forgotten about the part at the start of the episode where the kids very clearly were like just crying about everything. So I do like, I just the human debris kids not crying. I like that. I think that the Tekadon kids should be allowed to cry though. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like they're not like, that that definitely would have been like a weird thing for like the kids to be the, the kids to be remaining stalwart. And then the, you know, Eugene just blubbering or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I think it would be fun to see Eugene blubber though. I, I want to see it before the sh- before he before before he's shuff- before he is inevitably shuffled off this mortal coil. I would love to uh-huh. see it. Yeah, I'm um, just assuming that every character that I like is going to die at this point. Just like I've been told, of the- I've been told that this is just the heartbreaker show. So I'm just you know accepting my accepting all of my friends' fates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> roll the dice. Every fucking character you see on screen, basically. Yeah. Uh, later that night, Ride takes a crying kid to the mess hall. Uh, this scene we, sucks. Yeah, what the I fuck? We we did not need this scene at all. No, because so Ride can't stop crying. So he he's taken to the the mess hall where uh, Kudelio, Fumitan, and Atra are just doing some cleaning. And Atra's like, "Here, I'll hold you. I'll be your I'll be your mother." Which is like a on its own. That was already me being like, I'm rolling my eyes at Atra just having to like you know take on the mother role for the people in this ship. Like she had like she and Kudelia haven't been already. But then but then on top of that. Uh, the kid, the kid says, "No, you have no breasts. I'm going to Fumiton, who's got who's who's breasting Boobily." Yeah, you can't bounce Boobily. Just like what the fuck? Just like worth noting, this isn't Ride, who's the one who wants Booba. Like Ride takes a even. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Ride, Ride takes Ride's the kid, Ride's the little redhead kid, right? Yeah, Ride's a little redhead. Um, and like that's that's the whole scene. It's just like, okay, why the fuck did we need that? Right. It's like I. <laughs> So we get it. The kids like boobs. You've said that We're, like every other episode. They, they, they really love to point out how much these kids like boobs. Yeah. To be fair, like, at this age, I was also thinking about boobs a lot. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. I get it. But it's like, I don't need a reminder. I lived it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we get Should, a... My, like, I forgot that I wrote pseudo Milf Fumaton in my notes. Yeah. She, she's like Milf adjacent. Yeah. She's she's got Milf vibes, I guess. Yeah. Milf-esque. Yeah. 
Uh, we get a little cute scene of Shino thanking Yamagi for the firework flowers. And he's like, you better do the same when I die. And Yamagi like brushes him off saying that, you know, they're too expensive. We can't do it. You know, I can't hold funerals all the time. And it's just like, there's like this weird sort of tension here that like, you know, we know that Yamagi likes, like has a crush on Shino and Shino doesn't really get it, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it's like this nice scene of just like, Shino is very nice towards Yamagi and I quite like that a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think, I, I don't think Shino is quite as oblivious as you're putting on here. Like, I I, de- I definitely don't think he's like as outward about it as Yamagi is, but like mm. this very much carries an air. Like like <clears throat> I feel like the the hidden te- the hidden meaning under uh, what what Yamagi said, which what Yamagi said was basically like, no, I can't I can't do that for you. I can't be this shit's expensive and it takes a lot of work. I can't be doing that. Like the hidden message of that to me is like, do not fucking don't die. die. On me. Yeah, do not. Don't you fucking dare. And like I think I think I um. Like the way the the smile on Shino's face as he goes away is not like oh I'm gonna I want that fireworks display it's like a, it's like a genuine the smile on his face smile. is very like is very like yeah okay I recognize that you care about me yeah God it's nice it is it's nice I also noticed that uh, <laughs> Shino Shino the type of guy Shino's got I only just noticed that Shino's got piercings and she knows the kind yeah. she knows the type of guy to not know which ears the gay one and so he just gets both of them done <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I knew that's what you were going to fucking say when you started talking about his earrings. <laughs> Cover your bases. Uh, right. <laughs> next scene is fucking insane. Um, They're in like the Nase's drawing room, I guess. This scene. This what the scene. Hell? So they're like, okay, we did all the sales. Okay. Come here, Amida. I'm going to fucking tongue you in front of these kids. Like just get, just like jam my fucking tongue deep down that throat. <laughs> And, like, they all, like, stare blank while blushing. And then Naze's explanation is just batshit. He says, well, you know, years with high death rates lead to high birth rates. Basically saying, I'm made horny by this. Yes. Naze. He says it's horny season. And then it's like, uh, he says, suddenly the woman next to you looks more beautiful. And it's like, again, jumping back to the shit I was talking about last episode, where it feels like Naze does not have love for the rest, for his fucking, for his, like, for, for his, um... I've completely Aaron? forgotten the word for what, like, a, a group of people in an open relationship is called. Polycule? Thank you. Yes, polycule. Jesus. You th- I'm, in, I'm in one of the... You'd think <laughs> I would know this. <laughs> um, but, like, the, this is, again, just going back to what I said last episode, where, like, I do not feel like Naze has the love for really anyone in his polycule. It's just, it's like, just Amida. It's, it's I'm not even just Amida. He's like, oh, yeah, the woman next to me is more gorgeous, and, like, it's... Like, Amida is definitely his wife prime, but even with that, he's like, yeah, she's prettier now, so now I want to kiss her, or... In front of a bunch of kids, nevertheless. Well, uh, um, after we cut away from this batshit scene to uh, Akihiro's in the hangar with Orca. I just, I just, I, I feel like, like, you know that one Aquid panel that's like uh, uh, roast beef driving a truck that says, I got weird ideas for what it means to be a man? Right. <laughs> that, but then also like jumping back two scenes is that, but ideas for what it means to be a woman for the Fumitan to Fumitan's titties scene. Yeah, that that's a pretty good encapsulation of the show thus far, I suppose. Yeah. Oof. Uh, next is Akihiro. He asks Orga, like, you know, because we know Orga's going to sell off all the mobile suits, but you know, he asks him to pilot the Gusion, uh, and he basically says, like, you know, my last memory of Masahiro was when this suit took his life, so he's just, like, keeping it and piloting it as, like, a remembrance of that. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, you know, it's meaningful. We have to, like, justify why a character's going to get a Gundam, I guess. Yeah, I mean, reason I... reason enough. 
I don't I, I don't know. I feel like this is like a really nice reason. Like this is like his only real memory of this. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's a bit of a contrivance, but I don't I don't know. This moment really got me. Like yeah, I was it's, it's a contrivance I like, I think. Yeah. Eh, yeah. I guess so. I can I can hear I can hear definitely seems the type to do this type. Like this does not feel out of character for anybody here. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like Akihiro is like, hey, I want to pilot my dead brother's, uh, well, I want to pilot the robot that killed my brother, and uh, Orgus is like, hell yeah. <laughs> you rock. got chief? <laughs> dude's rock. <laughs> or, <laughs> Tekadon is just dude's rock. It, it, it really fucking is dude's rock. God. Um, dude's rock, need a brother check-in. <laughs> oh, lord. Uh, Mika is reflecting a little bit on Kudal's words, you know, about him enjoying the killing. Um, he doesn't, he hasn't thought enough about it to form a response, but we know he's thinking about it now. Um, and Fumitan and Kudeli are talking about, like, they're like, oh, the kids are so sad now. They seem so happy with the fireworks, but then, you know, they faded and like, what's the deal? And it's like, they, they just, they just had a funeral, Kudelia. What do you, what do you want about here? <laughs> yeah, there was, yeah, there was a balance house at the funeral, but once the kids got out of the balance house, they started getting really upset. I don't know what's up. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> then <laughs> fucking... God. Sorry, I'm just really, really into the idea of just like Gam Gam's funeral bouncy castle. Like the the they pay, they shelled out for the extra package that's got the bouncy castle. Also, yeah, the the fucking the Masahiro Otlin Memorial bounce castle. <laughs> um, after after Kudelia has that conversation, she's like, you know, just in front of like the the fucking Isaribi window that everyone stands in front of when they want to have a cool scene um and mika's there and she notices that like he, he offers her a date or a mars palm in this trying time and uh, she notices that his hands are shaking and he just says he feels weird um and like kudelia thinks to herself like oh mika you know he definitely has strong emotions that he's also holding inside so she just walks up and hugs him and holds him and when she lets go he just like kind of stares at her and then kisses her mm-hmm. and she's like you know, she does the anime thing and like her yeah, face goes all pink and jumps I back kiss. and dabs. and Yeah, she does dab. She does dab. Um, uh, also, just before this, I just want to note that like I hadn't really noticed it before, but we get like a, a full body shot of Fumaton from the back uh, just as she's staring out the window with Kudelia before Mikazuki walks up. And I did not notice pants? how fucking baggy these this woman's like thighs are and then like it's so weird like the bagginess of the pants is entirely contained to the thigh region i think uh her pants are i think they're jodhpurs no yes they're jodhpurs jodhpurs are like the those pants that have the really baggy thighs jodhpurs j-o-d-h-p-u-r-s what the yeah i guess they are is she fucking riding a horse or something i don't know but (laughs) it's a wild fashion choice I mean, I guess it's better than her walking around in, like, a regular-ass maid outfit. Yeah, I guess, like, yeah, you know what, you say that, and, like, I feel like, like, <laughs> okay, put put Fumatan in a maid outfit, but also give her a skateboard. Yes! Yes! I'm, say- I'm just saying she looks like one of the skateboarding maids that that artist draws. She really does. I mean, dude, that scene, if, if you, like, don't understand what the pants are, it does look like she has Pixar mom proportions. <laughs> yeah! She got that Pixar dumpy. Did you see that TikTok from like a week or two ago about someone talking about how like actually like a very small percentage of the Pixar moms actually have fat dumpers? Yeah, it, it's like you didn't need to analyze it. I appreciate the analysis though because so much like the fat a- the fat assed women that are attributed to Pixar are like not 
like from Pixar, like the the one of the the redhead with the curly hair that everyone like draws with, like you know, fucking ass expansion Todd or whatever. <laughs> Not draws, posts a picture of. I don't know why the fuck I said draws, but like yeah, the character made by ass expansion Todd. That's not a Disney. That's not a Pixar. Yeah, no, no, no. Why don't, it's not a Pixar. I don't know if it's a Disney. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know. There's the one of like the fucking ant from Big Hero Six that edit that went around to make her look boobylicious. <laughs> Hold on, I need to. <laughs> Big Hero Six and big ass. It's not ass. It's like it, it's like an edit to make her shirt look incredibly low cut. Uh, uh yeah, I've, I'm seeing the edit right here. Yep, yep. Great edit, folks. Yeah, tr- tremendous work, everyone. No notes. A plus. Oh, cool. Google has also served me up a cr- uh, a crop of her getting absolutely of her getting bent over a table by someone. Tremendous. <laughs> Thanks, Google. I love media. So you know that. Yeah, that's uh, kind the, of- the kiss, the kissaroo. The, the Kisaru, you know, Mika just says, I thought you were cute. Like, that's all. He he basically is, like, parroting the fucking idea he sees Naze do to Amida. And he's like, I'm going to try this shit. But, like, not thinking about it in literally any capacity. From literally any other male character in any anime I have ever seen, this would... At, like, like Mika- this would only fly with Mikazuki. Like, any other character does this. And I'm like, this is fucking creep shit. What the fuck? Like... But for some reason, the the wind like Mikazuki just like has such an infantile understanding of so many yeah. in, of like interpersonal relationships. It's like this makes perfect sense. It's like it looked it looked at in a vacuum. It's a little bit like, hey, what's up with this? But like, it makes sense for the character. I think it's a cute moment. Like, I'm not like you've heard me talking a lot about the homosexuality on display here, and I've not really caped. I've not really caped for any of the heterosexuals. But honestly. I if I if if Mikazu, if this show was gonna say hey Mikazuki and Kudelia, I'm not gonna complain about it because they're cute. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 good. Um, and yeah, I also I also like how right after this kiss they cut to Atra in the kitchen sneezing. Yeah, it's it's, it's like you know when someone's talking about you, but I guess when someone when someone else that you like kisses someone else, that's when you get the sneeze too. Yeah, I, I feel like so often like in anime I'll see like something happen concern something happen between two characters that concerns another character who's not in the scene, and then it'll cut to the other character who sneezes. And like yeah. I, I guess that's just like the No you it's know, an anime yeah it's an anime thing. That's an anime like you know the my ears are burnt you know the equivalent of my ears are burning or something, you know, yeah. someone's talking about you. Um, but the last thing we see as the episode ends is Noblest Gordon way back on Mars. Uh, he is kind of reflecting on everything, and, and he's like, the death of Kudeli Haina Bernstein will be in the colony. G- great yep. work. And then we Love get we, we get this overlaid with a shot of Fumatan, uh, who is... Uh, my notes here are just say, is Fumatan beholden to Noblis? Is this what the scene is telling me? And then the next episode turns, turns out she <laughs> might be a little bit beholden to Noblis. Yeah. Speaking of... Speaking of... Ooh. Episode 14. A vessel of hope. Love is in the air aboard the Isoribi. As Yamagi and Shino experience feelings for each other and Kudelia thinks about her kiss with Bikazuki, Fumitan ponders her agenda. Tekadon is heading to the Dort colony cluster. Kudelia, Fumitan, Biscuit, Atra, and Mikazuki head off to Dort 3 for some shopping, while the rest of Tekadon head to Dort 2 to make the delivery. But the game is afoot. As it turns out that the delivery for Dort 2 is militarized mobile workers and guns. A trap has been laid by Noblis to incite a rebellion so as to give Galarhorn ample reason to stamp down on it. Over on Dort 3, the girls resolve to fix the stinky, smelly boy problem that they have, and Biscuit decides to reach out to his brother, a suit in a cubicle who works on Dort 3. Dort. Dort. <laughs> this MF said Dort. Just the amount of seriousness put into it at the end of the last episode where it's like, Cordelia Ina Bernstein will die at Dort 2! Dort. 
and then the <laughs> fucking <laughs> Peggle Two. Yeah, plays Ode to Joy. Yeah, I think I, I think Nobla should have done the Peggle Two guy jump. I don't think he can. His <laughs> ass is too fat to jump that high. The the cake, the the absolute, the fucking shut, the fucking size of his cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So first of all, we learn in this episode, she knows tra- training in Akihiro's grays. Mm-hmm. Um. He he's like the next pilot up on the roster, effectively, since Akihiro has a Gundam now. So someone has to pilot the grays, and it's gonna be Shino. Yay! Yay! Nothing bad will um, happen to Shino. Nah, it'll he'll be fine. Uh, Kudelia is you know a little freaked out. Yeah, she's she thinking about sleep. that kisseru. The kiss room, and she like to squat, slav squats in the middle of the hallway as Mika shirtless walks by, just shirtless, like, hey. dripping, like just flexing gl- all of his muscles, glistening, like, just like, hey, babe, what's up? She just goes, seriously, <laughs> he's fucking jacked. And then we get the he's new OP. Jacked. The new OP. Do you like it? I fucking banger. It's absolute good. fucking banger. Thank you, Blue and Count. It's really good. I quite like it. Uh, it's yeah. I don't know if I like it better than Raise Your Flag. We'll have to see. But um, it's good. I like it. It's, it's, I, and then it, you it's said very... Spire and Canaboon to the other two. Uh, it's Canaboon and Rage of Dust. Rage of Dust. Oh, oh yeah, Spire. Yeah, sorry. The, the opening is Rage of Dust. The, the it's it is Spire. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this this one's really good, and I fucking I love Spire. I love Canaboon. Like yeah, no one can open up. Um, yeah. I I like I really like the visuals in this one. Um, yeah, they're really fun. There's the the one that's re- the one that really jumped out to me is like Fumaton. Like we the one shot we get of Fumaton in the OP is like her with the top half in shadow. Yeah, like she's just standing in her room looking looking contemplative, and like her metaphor. top half is covered in shadow. It's it's a, it's a metaphor for something. Metaphor um, for something. So yeah, after the after the OP ends, um, we do see Fumiton. She's like reading a message uh, from Noblis uh, about this assassination attempt and like i wrote the whole thing down we don't really fully get it here so the full message because you could just pause and read it yeah um, i did that i did this also i did not write it yeah. down but i did pause and read yeah it says with best regards the time has come for me to repay your long years of devotion your journey will end at the dort colonies dort. everything has been arranged enter port at dort 2 along with kudelia kudelia will become central to the rebellion within the colony and be shot by a gallarhorn assassin we have already laid the groundwork contact us swiftly after her death is confirmed don't worry we will take care of everything else i look forward to the way the day we meet again uh-oh um seems bad are you at all familiar with jamie xx by any chance absolutely not okay there's jamie xx is a musician who was um a tr- there he was like part of a popular band that i'm trying to remember before he set off on his own in like 2018 or something um, oh yeah, he was the producer of the pop band The XX. Okay, the name sounds familiar. <clears throat> and anyways, just 2015, 2016, around then, he put out an album that called, uh, I, I believe it was called uh, In Color, and there's a track on there called um, Gosh, and I really like it, it's a good, really good track, but the thing is that, like, it's it's just like, you know, it's an electronic track, but one of the samp- one of the vocal samplers is just like, Dork! Dork! <laughs> And that's all I can think of when I when I shit never gets old. Dort, real Dort moment. <laughs> Having a Dort moment. F- famous catchphrase of Homer Simpson: Dort, Dort. <laughs> D apostrophe O R T. D. <laughs> Episode title done. There we there we go. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, Dort. Dort. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a Bart Do Spoonerism. Yeah. So many layers. Uh, <laughs> Fubiton's looking at the uh, like the sort of medallion I, necklace type I, thing. When I first saw Dort Two in the subtitles, I was like, "Surely that was a that was a typo, and they meant to type 
port to because they're going to port to at this colony. But no, no, no they no, no, they're no, no, going no. to the Dort colony and they're going to Dort two, which is one of the Dort colonies. <laughs> I love it. Dort cracks me the fuck up. Uh, it's, it's like Fumitan reflects uh, on her past with Gudelia as her actual maid because we do see her in a maid outfit in this flashback. Mm-hmm. Um, and she basically just and remembers. She also, has a, she also has a skateboard. Yeah, you can't see it because it never pans down that yeah. far, but yeah. it's implied. Um, and young Kudelia asks to learn more about Mars. Um, and then Kudelia, current time, comes into the room. And she's like very cagey, very awkward, asking like, uh, have you ever been on a date with a man before? And, and you know, she asks her if... Uh, if, if she, she had to specify with a man because, you know, Kudelia or Fumitan very obviously lesbian. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Um, and then you know, she she asks, "Do you guys ask women out if they don't have romantic intentions? You know, if if someone kissed her, sh- should I marry someone who kissed her?" And like Fumitan just laughs her ass off at this. I love to see Fumitan laugh. There is this is a sorry to keep talking about ReZero as I tend to do, but um, I, this is like late season six spoiler, not season six. Jesus Christ, this is like late season. I was going to say what? How many? <laughs> this is like a late season two spoiler, but like it's a very minor spoiler, but. So, if you don't want to hear it, maybe skip ahead 45 seconds. So, in the middle of season two, the main protagonist kisses, the he, he gets to kiss his love interest. You know, Subaru and Amelia have a kiss in season two. And then, like, ten episodes later, um, Amelia asks Subaru, Subaru, are you ready to be a father? Because it turns out that Amelia had been convinced that pregnancy happened after a kissaroo. <laughs> And I just think about that all the time. And, like, the way Cordelia is like, Fumaton, do I have to get married now? It's so funny. That fucking rules. <laughs> Truly, ReZero is great. Someone should make a podcast about it. Yeah, I would highly recommend listening to it if someone did. <laughs> um, this this moment when Kudelia is when Fumitan is remembering Kudelia as a child, this is the moment where I'm like, oh, so Fumitan's gonna die saving Kudelia's life, huh? Who knows? Impos- <laughs> impossible to say. Uh, but yeah, after after Kudelia asks about marrying whatever, uh, Fumitan says, why don't you ask this man his true feelings? And Kudelia is like, whoa, I never thought of that. Yeah, good idea. Uh, yeah, before talking. She can, t- t- communication? What? Uh, at this point, Atra shows up and rings the Skype doorbell and says, hey, we can see the colonies from here. Uh, and then we just learned that it's Dort, which is, I think, like the business arm of the African Union. Mm-hmm. So all these colonies, and they're similar to colonies in Gundam. Um, they're like, they have the same sort of McPherson cylinder shape, uh, but they have like more rings. I guess the outer ring is probably agriculture, if I remember how these things work. But, you know, they're, they're Gundam-esque space colonies, just big tubes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And if you look off to the side, you can see Earth, too. It's like a little blue marble almost. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Just, I always yeah, forgot. See, blue. I completely forgot all the shit on Dort uh, in this rewatch. Like, I in my mind, all this stuff that happens happened on Earth, not Dort. I forgot that there actually are space colonies in Gundam. So it's you know, it's a universal constant, I suppose. Yeah, we're taking a Dort de- a door tour. A, do- <laughs> a door tour. Fucking great, great look. <laughs> um. Um. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I Orga's like, yeah, it's just a quick detour. It's a quick door tour. Nothing bad will happen. Um, but Kudeli's like, hey, hey, Kudeli's like, hey, I want to go to Dort three and do some shopping. Fumaton, come with me. And Atra's, Atra's, uh, but oh, Dort two is where the assassination is supposed to happen. And Fumaton like tries to like very slightly nudge her about it. But then Kudeli, mm-hmm. she doesn't really have a reason to decline uh, this. So she's like, yeah, that's fine. I'll go with you. Um, Mikazuki's suspicious of this. 
Uh, and <clears throat> Atra also decides that she's coming. Uh, Orga sends Mikazuki, and also he looks directly at Fumatan and says, Mikazuki's just an extra precaution. I'm sure you will keep her safe, smiley face. I can trust you, yeah. smiley face. <laughs> Pointing, clueless. Yeah. Biscuit also wants to go to Dort 3. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't say why. He just wants to go. Mm-hmm. So um, we we kind of we get a quick scene in Hammerhead of... Yeah, the Gusion in the hangar, and they're taking parts off it. And sure enough, under that big, thick frog armor is certainly is a Gundam. It's the exact same frame as Barbatos's, just you know, different, different mm-hmm. uh, Ahab frequencies or what have you. Um, and Naze tells Orga that they're going to go to the Tewas branch on Dort Six. Uh, so Orga is going to go alone to Dort Two to sell off the cargo because you know they're they're carrying cargo. They're going to you know do a supply shop. They don't know. Importantly, they don't know what the cargo is. They just know that they're dropping cargo off in Dort. The new Gusion um, looks worse. So, you, well, you haven't seen... I don't know if they show what it looks like in the opening. Um, because it, that's just what it looks like underneath. Like, it's going to get a whole new armor and paint job and everything. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, um, It's going to be... it. Well, I, you know, you, we'll see it when we see it. But it's going to be more of like a... um, More of like... Barbatos is the melee unit. Gusion's going to be the ranged unit. Yeah. Um, we'll see. It'll, I, I think what Gusion turns into looks fucking sick as hell. Um, but we won't cut that for a little while. Yeah. I, I was we, I was just confused because I, I was confused because I, I didn't remember seeing underneath the Gusion, so I just like googled like the Gusion suit and I saw an image of like something called Gusion rebake and I was like, oh, th- is that what that looked like? Oh, this looks ugly. <clears throat> we'll find out. We'll find out. Anyways, uh, Naze and Amida like warned them to behave themselves because like in Mars, Tewaz carries a lot more weight. But in the Earth sphere, they're just another company. Like, they don't get special treatment. They don't have any, like, fear reputation. They're just some schmucks yeah. as part of, like, one of several, you know, mafia-esque companies. So no one give a shit. Yeah. Uh, Am- Amida's like, y- if you killed someone here, that's illegal. And <laughs> that's <laughs> you can't kill thing. people. That's illegal. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, well, then we hop over to Gellerhorn with Ayn and Baldwin, who have their eyes on the Tekadon brats. And... Uh, Baldwin is like doing some syrup. T- do- Baldwin is like doing some some. Uh, he's doing some shit. He's doing some shady shit. He's like, we're just using this for a drill. We're not going to have a mission while McGillis is away. Mm-hmm. But if we happen to find and kill the kids during this drill, well, who could blame us? Yeah. <laughs> very very sad. Um, we um, had we we head over to Dort. We head over to Dort Three, where the shopping gang is. Yeah. I, th- I think in this, it's all it is, is like, Fubiton just sorts, she says she's feeling regretful about all this. Or, like, she's just, you know, she, she's very concerned yeah, well, yeah, and, like, just, confused yeah. and... Yeah, they send off Dort 3, they send the, the shopping squad off for Dort 3, and Isuribi sets off for Dort 2. A signal goes up, but there's a ship approaching to guide them. Um, Orgo says, oh yeah, I get it. Uh, and the guys who guide them in, like, they get off the ship and they're like, damn, these guys are just kids. That's fucked up. <clears throat> yeah, but, like, they, they call them heroes and, like, they give them this really nice welcome and they're all like what us heroes um and like you know they they, they say they want to meet kudeli who's the star of hope for all these people in in the colonies and like they're all really confused like they're getting this way more warm of a welcome than they really expected mm-hmm. um one one of the guys says and you you guys are just like her, her band of brave knights and no one it's just very cute that like no one knows what a knight is yeah like that that sort of like folklore concept just completely lost on these mars boys mm-hmm it's like the little world building things that I appreciate. Which is like, yeah. yeah, sure, I guess they don't have King Arthur shit uh, on Mars. Yeah. We, um, Orga's like, all right, this is our first big Tewaz job, guys. Let's do it. And we get the title card. 
Coming back from, yeah. the, from coming back from the title card, uh, Cudelia explains one of the things that she needs to buy, which and uh, Cudelia just gets up on the microphone and says, "Got in yesterday, spilt a full tub of pasta on the floor. Stupid, stupid, stupid boy, smelly pasta ship." <laughs> stupid boy, smelly. Yeah, you, smelly pasta boys. ship. <laughs> no one on this ship is bathing or showering. Biscuit hasn't showered in five days. Mm-hmm. This is like. I have distinct memory of being in, I think, seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And one of our teachers had just said, you guys all have to really start showering and using deodorant. And I was just like, damn, okay. Damn, all right. I don't think I was that stinky. I wasn't bathing in acts like half of my class was, which is an equally bad on the opposite end smell. Why were teens so obsessed with acts? It smelled I so bad. Know. It, it it was I guess marketing it was swag. It was swag at the time. It was swag is the thing. Like things that were swag: snapbacks, monster, axe. What um, do you What do you mean monster in the past tense? Oh, I'm listen. I I slam at least like three or four monsters a week. Like I am not mm-hmm. to be clear. <laughs> my my kidneys are doing great. I love God. I fucking love monsters. It's unhealthy look, how much I enjoy it. Look, the fucking I, see. I'm to the point where. I recognize that I like a good energy drink now and then, but if I'm going to have one, I'm going to get like a zero calorie kind and Monster Ultra Zero is like some of the best shit. You it's can drink. it's so good. I am um, so good. I've been I've been I that's normally the one that I go for, but um I can't, like if I can get like uh, one of like the screw tops with the mango in it, oh, you know I'm getting ooh, that mango. You know I'm going ooh, mango Monday. I mode. love a good mango. <laughs> Um, um, I don't fuck with like any other mon- I don't fuck with like any other energy drink though. Like, um, I once drank two cans of rain in preparation rain? for a Smash Bros. tournament. Rain does unspeakable things to the body. Yeah, that has three hundred calories per can. So I drink six hundred or not six calories. Sorry, three hundred grams of Caffeines, caffeine per yeah. can. And so I drink six hundred grams of caffeine to get ready for a Smash Brothers tournament. M- milligrams, not grams. If you had six hundred grams yes, of caffeine, Jesus. you would be fucking gone. <laughs> Corpse. You would become a new type. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I'm gonna do some. I'm gonna do some, gonna <laughs> yeah, do some monster BRB reduction. Gonna, gonna run to sheets real quick. Can I? Can I? What's the what's the what's the equivalent of espresso for monster? I guess five hour energy. Uh, I think it's the monster Java because they got coffee monster. No, it. that's not espresso for monster. Like like I'm saying like what is what is what is to monster as espresso is to oh, coffee. Oh yeah, no, it's five hour energy. Yeah, it's five, sure. gotta be five hour energy. Have you ever had Just five like, hour energy? I had a five-hour energy once in my life in junior year of high school, and I had the best laser tag game of my life afterwards. <laughs> I, I think I unlocked wall hacks in that moment, in in those five hours. <laughs> I became an aimbot. Good. Good for you. I'm so happy. No, and then I, I, and I thought, never again. <laughs> that will kill me. <laughs> I have to seal this. I have to seal this part of me away. <laughs> you, I you put seal, like a you little, seal, like... Curse tag on it. You sealed the raging demon like Ryu has to. Yeah, exactly. I put my Akuma away. Yeah. You you picked up the laser and you said die 1,000 deaths, then shot everyone else in the arena. (laughs) It was really cool. I was there. I saw it. You were there, exactly. Oh, gosh. Um... (laughs) Let's see. Uh, oh, the, the next thing we get, Biscuit sort of explains to the gang why he's in Dort 2. Mm-hmm. Um, he mentions that he's from here. Uh, he, he grew up in the Dort 2 slums with his sisters and his brother. Um, his brother. His brother. Uh, his brother, whose name is... Um, sovereign. Uh, sovereign, which is, I think, a French pastry. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna look at what a Sovereign is right now. Like, I, I want Biscuit to have another brother named like, Cannoli or something. 
Well, no, it can't. Say, it can't. Uh, it can't be cannoli because they serve. They uh, Taiwan served them cannoli, yeah. so that'd be like uh, that would Ooh, be like. Shit, this looks good. It's like a sort of like yeah fruit pound cake. Damn, yeah. or sponge cake. This looks so fuck. I want some of this now. This shit looks fucking yummy. Good Google Lord. how to make sovereign. Mmm. Uh, are we? <laughs> is this the start? Of, is this the start of Iron Blooded Orphans? Yummy scrummy. <laughs> <laughs> Both of us next week, like, honestly, like, if you want to do this, like, I could, let me check and see what it takes to make Sovereign, make sure I can, like, actually just do this, like, it, it if I It doesn't seem to. too hard? No. Do you, want to like, do, a, do you want to do a yummy scrummy? I'm on spring break next week, so I got time. I could make a fun pastry. <laughs> I'm, this looks fucking good. I just love all the berries, and you get, there's, like, even starfruit and kiwi on this picture. I don't even, I think I don't. Do I have a bunt pan? I'll have to look to see if I have a bunt pan. I think I, I think I have a bunt pan. At the very least, I am now interested in making Savarin sometime next week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, shit, that could be fucking great. Yeah. Um, well, watch this space. Watch this. Um, watch this. One hundred. Watch this space. Savarin incoming. <laughs> uh, so we get a, a whole thing about uh, workers rise up, uh, because like in the in the warehouse where Orga's talking to the guys there, uh, they they talk about how you know they grew up in the slums. And this is basically like space Amazon. Like they're breaking their backs. They have no benefits, no breaks. They're just expendable tools. Um, but they see Kudelia as this like, you know, shining ray of hope that they can claw back, you know, their autonomy and power and like, hey, pretty good so far. Yeah, seems good. Seems good. How will they fuck it up? Uh, and they, they like wonder, Orga wonders like who told them about Tekadon? Because like, they're not talking to anyone about Tekadon. Like, they're wondering how these people know who Tekadon are by this point. So, like, you know, Orga's starting to suspect that there's something afoot, some kind of fuckery going on here. Yeah, they say they heard about it from their supporter. Your supporter, the, um, the, I think it's called the CG Company, or, or the, um, GN Company, something yeah. like that. Uh, which is, oh, Noblest Gordon, G or NG, GN, huh? Ooh, I get it. It's his initials. Uh, Gordon, so... no, Goblus Norton. Noblest. <laughs> <laughs> that was my brother. I don't know him. <laughs> He's in fucking like Groucho Marx classes. My evil twin, Goblin Norton. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I used to be a goblin, but then I started taking hormones. Now I'm a goblin. Gob <laughs> <laughs> Stupid fucking god. Good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but we cut back. Biscuit mentions that uh, Sovereign he stayed here because he was kind of like working in school at the time, and he got taken in by a company. So when he and his sisters are sent to Mars, uh, Sovereign stayed behind. And uh, Mika and Atra are like, hey, fucking call him. Yeah, like, just pick up the what, fucking phone, idiot. What, yeah, get over your social Millennials these you days will be like, ugh, I cannot text my bro. Ju my brother in Christ, just call him. <laughs> my favorite, the, 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 that fucking meme. <laughs> People will complain that their Subway sandwiches suck. <laughs> my, my brother, brother in, in Christ, Christ, he went to Subway. <laughs> and I, the one I saw the day was like, you know... <laughs> People will complain their Elden Ring build sucks. My brother, My brother Christ, Christ. You made the build. You made the build. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they all uh, inspire him to call his brother. Um, so Biscuit does call. He calls Dort headquarters. Dort. So, you know, like I guess Sovereign's a government employee. Um, and he's really happy to hear from Biscuit at first. But then when Biscuit tells him that he's with Tekadon, Sovereign, like this look of Tarkin, horror. Sovereign's like, oh, Tekadon, huh? Um, uh, cutting to his fucking iPad on his desk saying that Tekadon is like arming insurgents in the colony. Yeah. Oof. Uh, the whole thing is, it, it stinks of suspicion. Like they have a place to meet up, but like 
something's something's up clearly something's sus something um turns out the cargo that Tekadon delivered to the warehouse is mobile workers and a shitload of rifles yep they got tricked they got tricked into delivering munitions they got they they set up us the bomb yep oh main screen turn on main screen turn on um, at this point, Orga grabs one of the guys who is in the union that helped them, uh, and he's like, who the fuck is your supporter? And it's it's Cudelia's proxy. She's calling to start a rebellion against Earth in places behind, besides Mars, according to the proxy. Uh-huh. Um, I... think, quote, quote from Cudelia Ina Bernstein, start war. Start, start war, I love this shit. <laughs> listen, don't get me wrong, I'm, listen, when these, when these union guys started, like, blasting Gallarhorn guys, I was definitely clapping, but... Yo, it, it, it's, it's really funny that, like, it feels like the show is telling you this is a bad thing, but... Uh, right, it's I mean, like, it's like, oh, no, uh, oh, no, the, the, the union has, has armed themselves and is, and is, like, standing back against the police state. <laughs> See, yeah, it's like, I'm, I get, I get the show's telling me that I don't, I'm not supposed to like it, but... I'm looking at it and I'm nodding and I'm smiling. Right, like yeah, it's it's crossed wires a little bit. Um, but yeah, they Gallarhorn rolls up, they fire back, and Gallarhorn retreats. But like you know, shit's starting to pop off now. Um, and Fumitan is like, we we cut over to door three, and Fumitan's walking around with with Kudeli and Mika, and um, she stops and like wants to, or Kudeli stops and like wants to talk to Mika about the kiss. Um, but she can't, you know, bring herself to do it, so she deflects and says they have to buy more clothes. And, like, Fumitan is just still continuing to, like, reflect why the hell she didn't take uh, Kudelia to Dork 2, why she doesn't want to kill her now. Damn, turns out it's hard having a conscience these days, isn't it? Yeah. Um, um, I think it's uh, kind of the episode. Yeah. Uh, new ending. Yeah, new ED. It's good. Uh, I, I I don't think. Oh, it's there, as good there, is, as... there is there is one more mm. thing uh, before yes. th- we get to the end, which is that Maribit radios Naze and is like, "Hey, something bad's happening, Gallarhorn. It's bad." And Naze's like, "These fucking dipshits made trouble happen right away." Yeah, it's really weird the way he says it because I genuinely still can't remember or tell if he and Ami didn't know that they were transporting munitions or not. Right, like the way he's talking does not seem like it. Like this seems like oh, these these clowns couldn't resist. You know, mm-hmm. Eugene probably punched. <laughs> Eugene probably fucking. <laughs> Eugene probably fucking went. Um, <laughs> he just went all. He just like went. Uh, the guy who punched Nathan Spencer mode. Yeah. <laughs> Some Geller, yeah. the fucking McGill is like explaining a Pepe pin to the camera, and just Eugene coming in from off screen. Just, just bah! Bah! Fuck yeah! <laughs> just rock his shit. Yeah. Do you remember? But, like, do you remember it, the? Do you remember the time shortly after that happened where like right where like right wing four chan detectives were like, oh my god, I found out who this guy is. He's a he's a guy who's who who does pornos and is like he does like a hu- he's like a human toilet. He lets girls shit in his mouth and like they reached out to the woman whose videos the guy they thought it was in and the woman was like, no, I'm sorry, that man died five years ago. Yeah. Fucking tremendous work, folks. I think about that so often. Good work, right-wing 4chan detectives. <laughs> Fucking dipshits. Um, uh, oh, yeah, also the Rebellion is like, oh, well, we can't back down now. The The only way out is through. The only way out is through. They said the line. They said the line. line of Sarah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, the the is good. It's not, it's not as good as the, like, nothing hits as well as the, oh, I know, like, yeah. 
it, 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 it's good, and, like, I, you know, there's, like, some good high notes and some good singing in it. But, yeah, like, like Orphans No Namida is just such a cool, like, opera ballad almost that it's just hard to beat yeah. that. But, yeah, I, this I don't remember. This one's not bad. I like, I like the visuals of baby Mikazuki and Orga. I love little baby Mika. They're, they're literally small. They're Among Us Babies. Among Us Babies are born. Um, okay. That will take us to Iron-Blooded Orphans episode 15. Trail of Footprints. As yes. a Megillus-esque masked man arrives on Dort 3, we get confirmation that Noblis is behind this framing of Tekadon and wants both the Union Revolt and Kudeli to be put down for the sake of business. Orga meets with Navona Mingo, who safely houses them and explains that the Union has only one option for the sake of their future, violent uprising. Meanwhile, Biscuit and Atra meet with Sovereign, who ends up capturing them and accusing Atra of being Kudelia, who goes along with it for the sake of everyone hoping she could protect the real Kudelia. Orga learns of their capture, and Mika runs off to infiltrate the building they're being held in. He successfully rescues them, and they are all saved by Orga and gang. Finally, the masked man explains to Kudelia and Fumitan that Noblis is the one behind all this, and that Fumitan herself was hired by him. She tells Kudelia that this is the truth, and walks off, leaving Kudelia to wander the streets in search of her. So you said so, you said this is a Megillus-esque man. Uh-huh. Now, is this supposed to be as obvious as, like, Char is Quattro, and this one just sailed over my head immediately, like, just completely over my head? So, I don't remember. Megillus like, we, the first shot a... we see of this guy is from the back, and he's got, like, long hair from the back. So, I will say, I don't remember if it's that obvious in the sub, but Megillus has a very, like, distinct, pretty nasally voice in the dub. Mm. So, yeah, his Megill- voice yeah, is immediately recognizable. Yeah. Because, like, the, the long hair from the back, I was like, well, like I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> oh, shit, it's yeah. Char Asnable again. Yeah, no, for, for all intents and purposes, this, this is Char. It's <laughs> it's Gundam. I, I think Gundam literally does have a quota that a blonde man has to put on a mask at some point. Yeah, there, there was a, there was a like, the top comment on the Crunchyroll uh, stream of the sub was like, now let's all applaud Sunrise for waiting until episode 15 to deploy their masked man character in the Gundam show. I know. The restraint at work here. It's astounding. Yeah. Um, so this, so this is McGillis then. Th- this is this is McGillis free. I would have no absolutely not known if you hadn't like said that. That would have been. Oh man, I wish I, I wish I'd known so I could have like just led you on the whole time. That'd be a little <laughs> mean spirited, but like it'd be like no, it, it's honestly, like Colin, like totally, I would have totally been game with it if you'd like to just let it, me. It, it's like when Colin tried to gaslight Sarah and I the entire run of Zeta that Shar and Quattro are different, even though we literally learn first thing episode one that Shar is Quattro. <laughs> That was a good bit. That was a very fun bit. Zeta was great. Um, so you know, we just know he's on Dort somewhere. Uh, he's vibing. Yeah, he says. He says you. The first thing that he says before the OP is you truly. You cannot truly become an adult. I hadn't expected to be so excited. I don't. I'm. Sh- maybe that will make sense later. I don't know what that meant or what he was That's saying. Weird, yeah, I don't really. Nothing's coming to mind of what the fuck he meant by this. Uh, regardless, we cut to noblest fat ass. Noblest cheeked up. Noblest caked up in the sauna. He's kind of To be clear, to be clear that, is, that is fat space ass, not fat ass. Yeah, no, no. yeah, it's, it's fat with a PH. No, yeah, noblest. <laughs> Pob. He's a Pob. <laughs> He's a fat ass white boy. <laughs> fat ass white boy. <laughs> He's a Pob. Uh, he, he gets a fucking. Me, <laughs> me heard the word pop and got so hard I got nauseous. I think I have COVID. <laughs> That's truly a fucking Hall of Fame tweet. That all time tweet. 
fucking uh, he gets his Skype call in this his cool future sauna. And, yeah, you know the person just says, "Yeah, this cargo was delivered. It didn't turn into a proper uprising. They pushed Galahorn back, and Kudeli is on door three, not door two. And you know, Noble's just like, "What the hell is that woman thinking?" Because he knows that Fud- Fumitan is, you know, presumably in charge of Kudelia right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Mikazuki confronts Fumitan and he's like, "You're thinking about something. You're a pretty closed book normally, but I can like read the I can read some of you right now. What's going on?" Mm-hmm. And she's like, "No, I'm just thinking about responsibility. Just you know, yeah, looking at my deflection. looking at my looking at my beloved ward, Kudelia." Um, and then yeah. when 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 Kudelia comes out of the store that she's in, uh, Fumitan is like, "Oh yeah, we were just talking about responsibility." And she looks at Mikazuki, and I think she's just like, "Oh fuck, this guy's talking about like marriage and shit with with Fumitan." And like, yeah. she, like she like looks at the camera and like does like the thing where it, like zooms in and like zooms out, like bouncing off of her like really quick. And she's like, "Whoa, whoa, marriage." I'm I'm having fun, but honestly, I am enjoying like. I enjoy this, like, completely fail courtship between, like, between, between boy who does not know anything about interpersonal relationships whatsoever and woman whose only idea of interpersonal relationship comes from, like, extremely high society with, like, I don't know, I don't even know what kind of shit she has in mind. Like, courtship, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. It, it it's just completely different worlds colliding. Just two people, it's such just, a fun trope. It, yeah, it's just very fun. They're like, there, it's not like one of them is just like bad at interpersonal relationships. It's like both of them no, are and just for are. completely different social strata, and it's just really yes. fun. It's a really fun interaction. It, it's like, like simultaneously eleven a level and uneven playing field. Norm- normally, I get really upset with this kind of communication, especially when it comes to like romance stuff. But like, I'm enjoying this. Like, yeah. I, I, like, it's fun. They found a way to make like miscommunications in romance fun. Yeah. Uh, again, I think a lot of it is helped by like Kudeli being so sheltered and Mika just like having no fucking like social tact whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He's baby. He's baby. Uh, <laughs> He's so, baby. Just born. Thirsty for blood. The thir- <laughs> and he will get it. Yeah. Uh, so we, the next scene I really really like. Uh, just like as. I love when Gundam does this, when they casually remind you that, like, shit's in space and everything. Because we cut to Orga and the boys uh, in the hangar, where the um, where the workers were rising up earlier. And they're all, like, on the ceiling of the hangar as all the guards, like, you know, or, or all the employees are, like, you know, handing out guns and stuff. And it's just, like, so, they're just so casually just literally standing on the ceiling here as if it's nothing, like, no big deal. It's a very, like, I, it does a lot for me of just, like, showing, like, how casual this stuff is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah, they're just like discussing like how the fuck we're gonna do this. And then um, the leader of all the workers shows up here. His name is Navona Mingo, and he looks exactly like Mister Rogers. He does, doesn't he? He he's extremely Navona Mingo. Navona Mingo, mm-hmm. a great Gundam name. I know that's like fucking Norman Reedus's son's name. Norman Reedus. Ming- Norman Reedus and the Funky Fetus. Then the Funky Fetus named Navona Mingo. Navona Mingus Fetus. Navona Mingus Bingus. <laughs> Navona Bingus, my beloved. <laughs> uh, we so yeah. Navona says that he can like take them to a safe house, his house essentially, to like house yeah. them until they can find a way to get out of there. Uh, we cut over to Biscuit and Atra. They're like on a park bench waiting to meet Sovereign. And Biscuit's like really, really sheepish, but Atra's like, no, it's fine. Like you know, yeah. you're be confident about this, be excited. Uh, and Sovereign appears in front of him, and like it's I. They did a good job like showing that these two boys are brothers, even though they like really don't look that alike. Right, there's exactly like, enough like similarities for me to be like, oh yeah, yeah. It's like I believe it. Like 
you know, the exact same hair color one, but like they have the same kind of like eyes and like nose. Like I, I like it. Like it's, it's just, you know, we don't need like another biscuit running around. Like I can understand looking at him like, yeah, he's biscuits, older brother. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, that's... he is weird at first. He, see, though, he sees Atra very... and like he, he sees Atra and is like, hmm. like he does the fucking rock eyebrow raise the, that, like, yeah. like the fucking, the, <laughs> the, the vine the boom eyebrow. sound effect plays. Yeah, like exactly. just are like. Um, we also and then he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go find old. a place for us to talk." And then he goes to yeah, a phone yeah, yeah, booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lee's very, very unsuspicious is... behavior. Yeah, extremely normal shit to do when you reunite with your brother after what, like, like ten years, maybe. Right. It's like it's I I I'm not trying to like fucking cinema since this shit, but it's just so weird that like this guy shows up, sees them, and like I, I Biscuit doesn't really know what's going on elsewhere for sure, obviously. Yeah, but like. Biscuit, like, he shows up, sees him, and then he sees this, he sees the this other woman, he's like, uh, I'm gonna go find a place for us to talk, and then goes to make a phone call, like, ten feet away, and I, I don't know, it just feels like, but also, like, presumably asked Biscuit and Otter to, like, not stand close enough for them to hear him or something, right, I don't know. Right, yeah. F- finding the nearest phone with insight, but out of earshot. <laughs> right. It's weird. Um, but yeah, when, when he makes a phone call, we hear him say, send four or five men and a car. We'll be saved the trouble now. So, uh oh, mm-hmm. probably not good. Yeah, uh, we we cut back over to the Dort slums. They're in uh, Navona Mingo's house. This is like where all the union workers live. It's like you know, yeah. And Yamagi Yamagi says, "Damn bitch, you live like this." Yeah, and they say, "Yes, we do. We're all union members." But it's like it's like you know, essentially government assigned housing. Uh, and they mentioned that, like, the sort of main union rep intermediary person offen- essentially, like, gained so much status that, like, he just stopped caring about all the, like, the people below him now. Yeah. And it's just, like... The, wasn't, it's, like what, wasn't the main... Wasn't that Sovereign? I don't think like, they named Like, they named Sovereign in the sub. Did like, they really? Let me, let, me double, was, let, me double, just... let me double check in the episode to make sure that I'm not just, like, shooting... Blowing smoke out my ass here, but, like... Um, let me find the scene. It's like, yeah, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, uh I believe he's yeah. He says I believe those. Oh, he's not talking about the C- the executive. Sorry, no. Okay. This is when he says I believe those who live in the slums should die in the slums. Slums, but it's only Sovereign who moved out a couple of years ago. Okay, so yeah, so he he's not like the intermediary. I think. Well, I think he just like used to be one of them, but like because they don't mention the union rep by name, so I think Sovereign's just like a well, sim- no, in a similar. Well, no, they say he's now a company executive and acts as a mediator, a mediator in our negotiations. Oh, okay. I understand now. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I guess I just, like, completely, like, glossed over that when I watched it then. Ha! <laughs> Fine. Oh, God. I fucking hate the fact that, like, my extremely meticulous note-taking has now been proven fruitful. Like... Yes, it's, this, you can never stop. This Right. I, like, this has happened plenty of times. It has proven fruitful plenty of times, but it's, like, every time where I'm, like, uh, yeah, I can just, I can just fucking chill. It's, like, the one, the one instance of someone not having something and me being, like, actually... Yeah, oh, fuck, I should have written it down! <laughs> um, Ugh. but... So you see, after that, we, we cut back to Sovereign, um, like, in, like, they, he's kidnapped Biscuit and Atra. They're in, like, some fucking warehouse somewhere. Yeah. Um, and, like, they're well, interrogating <laughs> about the... Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Sorry, I was gonna... I didn't want to completely jump track. I know I tend to jump tracks to be like, oh, before we go to the next scene, but, um, I just, uh... <laughs> they, they talk about how Sovereign changed when he left, and they say, yeah, yeah, he's... <laughs> he, he dropped a track the other day where he said, they gonna say I changed, but I never changed. <laughs> First day in door to hundred groupies. First day in door to hundred groupies. <laughs> My shorty and Dort too afraid to lose me. My shorty and Dorty. 
Christ. <laughs> oh, God. Um, God. <laughs> no sad, no bad. It's just, it's all I can think about at all times. No Dort, no Hort. No Dort, no Hort. No Dort, no Hort. <laughs> we got a fucking headache. <laughs> stay hydrated, stay hydrated, stay safe. <laughs> So Sovereign is like interrogating uh No Dort, no board days in okay. LA. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Um he's interrogating uh, uh, uh Biscuit and Atra and you know they don't really realize and like he, he realized that they were set up on the weapons front, but he still is like, but this is Kudelia Ina Bernstein pointing to Atra. So he's Yeah, like, he said, well, you were you set know, up by her, Kudelia Ina Bernstein. Her. And Atra like immediately understands it. She's like, "That's right, I am Kudelia Ina Bernstein." Biscuit's like, "Uh, what the fuck?" I... I mean, he knows that she's not, but like, he's so concerned that she's covering for them. I had really been enjoying Atra up until this point, but like, this is a moment where like Atra has like really become a standout for like probably my favorite character on the show at this time. At this point, like, yeah, like she or like it's it's she Mikazu- it, uh, um yeah she Mikazuki or Kudelia who I but like Kudelia is like. I feel like Kudelia will get there eventually, just has not had enough time. I'm just glomming onto her because, you know, woman. Woman in anime that's mostly a dude fest. And, you know, I, you know. <laughs> what a concept. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, 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 like I, I, I love this shit. Atra is, like, Atra's just so good on these episodes. She fucking rules. She's just Atra badass moments over here. Yeah, she just, she, like, she. we see her getting, like, beaten to shit by these guys yeah, who are, like... God, like, blood running down her nose and just, like, she's taking it like a champ. Yeah. Take, put the team on her back. Um, back aboard the Hammerhead, uh, Amida, Laughter, and Naze are talking about what's happening on Earth, and while this is happening, uh, Naze and Amida are doing extensive fuck-me-eyes. Um, yeah. The, Laf- they explain what a protest for better treatment is, and Lofter's like, maybe I should protest for better treatment. Naza, you have not been taking very good care of me. And he's like, uh, can I blame Orga being reckless as an excuse? And they say no. Like the entire bridge in unison. No. They say no, we need you to make our calves cramp. You have not done that in months. You've, you're neglecting your, your entire polycule. <laughs> Listen, my back walls are getting dusty. There are cobwebs in there, Naza. <laughs> Sure I need you, Naze. Please, I need you to super soaker my insides. Okay. Just blast, Naze. Please, just blast me. Naze, please blast my cash. Put me in the new type soup. Put me in. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> back at a uh, back at Mister Rogers' house, he hands Orga a gun, uh, and he tells him to get ready. Like they're gonna head to a launch, which is just seems like a little ship taking you between the colony and the main ship. Um, or there's, there's like, a really cute the thing gun. of like there's a really cute like scene of the kids just all playing with Shino. It's it's really cute. Oh yeah, I like she knows like the entire time when they're in the house, she knows like running in the hallway in the background with like two kids on each arm. It's so fucking cute. I love Shino. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, like Orga looks at the gun and asks like if violence is the only way, and Mister Rogers says yes. Like, at this point, violence is the only way, pretty much. Because, like, they have no other recourse, like the Union does. And I'm just feeling, like, I feel like this show wants me to condemn this guy in my mind. And it's, like, like obviously the circumstances by which this has happened to Tekadon are, are unilaterally bad. They were they were tricked into, like, supplying arms to a, you know, an uprising. Mm-hmm. But also, it's, like... Well, yeah, but... <laughs> like, these guys are, like, laborers 
you know, nothing, they have nothing to lose but their chains. Like how, like we, they're, li- they live in, a, they live in, sh- they live in the shit colony. They live in like, <laughs> they live in Dort 2. It's not good there. Yeah. Fuck. It's, this isn't, this isn't Dort 1. This isn't Dort 1, nor is it Dort 3. Yeah, this is Dort 2. It just feels so like it's... really, it just feels weird. I don't know. And we haven't seen the end of this like whole arc. So maybe I'll come out the other end of it. Cause like, like. Orga and the gang do not really feel, like, opposed to this. They just seem more opposed to, like, how they got involved with everything. Right. And, like, the personal yeah. stakes that are on the line for them here. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It just feels it just feels really weird. And I'm sure it would feel better if I... I, I think the next episode or the one after would, like, resolve this mini-arc on Dort. Yep. Um, so, I guess it's just a, a consequence of, you know, how the show... How, how this podcast is structured, but... Right, yeah. The three-act... The three-episode uh, three works most of the time, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it gets a little weird. But, you know, yeah. it's fine. Uh, so, uh, see, every, everything kind of starts popping off. Um, as they're in the... Uh, like, getting ready to leave the house, they get a little call, like, on the screen. And the union agent says that Kudeli has been captured. Uh, and Orga sees that and is like... Uh oh, sisters! That's Uh-oh. not Kudelia. That's not Kudelia. That's Atra. I know That's those. Cat, I know those cat ears hair anywhere. <laughs> I, I know her heat vents anywhere. <laughs> uh, so he calls Mika, that. and Mika like immediately goes sicko mode to go find them. Yes. Um. He he like importantly he leaves uh Kudelia and Fumiton in a hotel like yes. as, as he runs off. So like they're waiting there the whole time. Um. And we cut to we cut to Galarhorn base like as they're kind of getting ready to sortie. Um, we see that Ayn is getting his Schwalbe Grays, the one that um, Gileo had, and we only see a pretty quick cutaway of it, but this is also another new Gundam. Is it? This is the, uh, this is the Camaris, like the white and purple one that we see for like a, not a terribly long amount of time. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, it is, uh, it is Gileo's Gundam. Hell yeah. The, uh, the Camaris, and... Have we not, uh, have we not seen this before? Didn't we see this in the fight with, um... Wasn't there a fight with when Baldwin was in the was in the Gundam in uh when when um when Coral got exploded? We've seen this before. No, that was so so the one that uh, the one that Ayn is in is what um the one that sorry Gileo's giving Ayn his suit that he okay used okay and now I now and now Gileo had, what was it called? I just want to take a closer. I just want to take a better look at it. Uh, Kimaris. Oh yeah, that thing's Disney that thing's swagged out. Oh, that thing rules. It's fucking sick. It, there's a version of it later on that like is probably my favorite Gundam in the entire show. Um, is it the is it the Kimaris. Gundam Kimaris? Is it the Gundam Kimaris Trooper? It's a Kimaris Trooper with the t- with with the with the what is that? It's is like it, a, is that what, a, oh that's sick. It's like an insect. Yeah, huh? It's got like an like insect chassis. It's it's like the only horse I what one of the only five horses I respect. <laughs> what are, who are the who are the other four? Uh, Scolipede, Mudsdale, Kamaris Trooper, Foon Psyche from Gundam, and um, 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 Kaze, my horse from Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, what about Tarbados? Mmm, it counts as half. Half, so five and a half horses you respect. Five and a half horses. <laughs> fucking, yes. <laughs> fucking a Song of Ice and Fire voice, five and a half horses you will know. <laughs> uh, so, um,. So Ayn is, is ready to launch, and yes. uh, Baldwin wants to go, but uh, they can't launch yet because, quote-unquote, that operation is having an influence. And that operation is the regulatory bureau's extensive suppression of dissatisfied people. Yeah, which is a wild fucking way to say that. Yeah, they're, they 
Like that that's like cop you know, like uh Gellerhorn like tactically fired a bullet and also at the same time a suspect was tragically struck by a bullet in the in the neck and yeah, bled out it, and died from a bullet. R- real real fucking cop speak. Yeah. They but, like but, they, you know, they provoke they like provoke they you know, p- poke at him and then when they fight back, you know, they, they come down with the iron fist. Exactly. And and this is like the same operation that has um that's like where Kudeli is gonna get you know killed by Gallarhorn because like you know Noblis mentions a Gallarhorn assassin in his uh message to Fumitan. Mm-hmm. So you know, the whole thing's a fucking setup. But like uh, importantly, um, Gailio can't go because you know that like 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 we said he's not allowed because the operation. So he's just like stewing and waiting and is very very angry about it. Yeah. But we um we, we cut back to Dort. Orga and the boys are on a launch and they fly off. But they're not flying to uh the Isaribi. They're flying, they're flying off to Dort three. Dort three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mikazuki on the surface of Dort three. Uh, he finds Atra's boot and he smells it. He's like, damn, this is this is what Atra's feet smell like. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> I don't know. Mikazuki is just like a kind of a dog to me. Like he just kind of does whatever he yeah. wants. Got a strong sense of. I, if you told me, if you just like told me that, oh yeah, Mikazuki's got an unnaturally strong sense of smell. I'd buy that in a heartbeat. Like yeah, he seems the type. He's a, he's a bit puppy with it. Um, we cut from there to Atra getting the absolute tar beaten out of her, and she's just yeah. not saying a word. Like not. She's like, no snitch. Yeah, tight lips, babe. Hang in there. <laughs> She fucking rules. God, I love Atra. In the um, next in the next room, Salverin wants Biscuit to tell him about Cadelia's plan so that they can like give her up to Gellerhorn. But Biscuit's like, no, I'm gonna talk to you about Cookie and Cracker instead. Yeah, I'm gonna make you feel bad about abandoning your family. Yeah. Fucker. Uh and it like kind of works. Um, but like Sovereign is just he, he's clearly desperate here because what he eventually says is like because he 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 you know he gets it when Biscuit says that Atra is not Cudelia, but he's like, I don't care. Yeah, he like, says that ain't Falco, that ain't Falco. Yeah, wombo combo, wombo combo, happy feet, happy feet. But yeah, because he says like it doesn't matter. She just has to be Kudelia now because if we can kill quote unquote Kudelia, like this whole thing can end. So pretty fucked up, Savarin. Jesus. Yeah. Um. So we 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 cut from that. Uh, Fumitan's in the hotel. She finds uh, Kudelia trying to sneak out and stops her. And like Kudelia is, you know, she's also freaking out about it too because she says Atra's part of the family and Atra says that Kudelia is part of the family now, so she. She has to rescue her family. Um, if she lets Atra go along with this, she's no better than her father, who sent her to her, her, her herself uh, to her death. And then Fumitan starts getting a little weird with it, and she says, "I've always hated your bright, honest eyes. I hoped something would, you know, dull them and like take that naivety away from you." And Kudelia's like, "What the fuck, Fumitan?" She's like the Julia Louis Dreyfus laughing nervously. Ha ha! What the fuck? Right. Um, and then. A masked man appears. A masked man? For lack of a better term. No idea who this could be. So, it's in, like, if you look very closely, you can see his blonde hair and eyebrows, but in, like, the eye slots of the mask. Yeah. But, like, of all the Shar clones in Gundam, I'm gonna be real, this one looks like shit. Right. What is this mask? Like, like... Let me look at, let me look at this mask. I gotta, I gotta take a look at this mask. It's, 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 uh, search Montag. I, I got the I got the I got the image, yeah. Yeah. This this yeah, it, he just kinda looks like shit. Looks looks a bit shit. He looks you know what he looks like? He looks a bit like um oh, what the fuck are they called? Um the that like eighties seventies, eighties anime with like the the like the, the they were kinda like Power Rangers and they were all like birds of some variety. They were all in Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Oh fuck, um uh 
God, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. But those looked cooler though, because that's like a whole Sentai team. This is just like a doofus in like. Yeah, he's just weird... got like a bit of the Plague Doctor mask extension and nothing really else going for him. Yeah, it's just like discount Persona Five cosplay. Yeah, this is this but is like, <laughs> bargain bin Gorokechi. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey guys, it's me. It's it's me, Orgo Bagechi. <laughs> me, Orgo Bagina. Um. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, he... uh, science science ninja team Gachaman. There we go. Okay, yeah, Gotcha Man. Yes, Very Gotcha nice. Man. Those are, those are some cool costumes, though. God, gotcha, you ever, um, did you ever watch Gotcha Man Crowds? No. Fucking good as hell. You, uh, like, 2011, you should watch it. Great shit. Okay. All right. Uh, so, so, yeah, he's here. He, he's telling Kudelia that, like, she should leave before she things get too hairy. Like, leave the colony. Uh, he says that Nobla set all this up, and he even hired Fumitan to be her maid as, like, an inside person. And Fumitan's like, she's not going to lie. She says, yeah, it's true. And she just walks off, and fucking poor Kudelia, her world is rocked right now. Yeah. So, so she she runs off after Fumitan, uh, and we cut back to Biscuit and Atra. Like they're talking, like they're done beating the shit out of Atra. She's like sitting on a bench with, or like you know, on a box in like this storeroom with Biscuit, and like she looks really up. She looks really rough, and then she says, "This is fine. I got it every. I got this every day when I was little." And, and poor Atra. This is, Atra, you don't have to be so strong and tough. This is this this to me is Satoko Hojo. Yeah, but but less less of a bastard, far less of a bastard than Satoko. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so at, at this point, like an explosion rocks the building. Yes. and the camera cuts outside, and like it's like a truck that's crashed and is empty, and they think they're being infiltrated. Like by <laughs> because a bunch he of goes throws the whip into the building. <laughs> he, he did. A one man army. He just fucking takes everyone out in this complex, and he yes. like goes he, in the, the door. The door opens, and a gun peeks in, and then it's it's Mikazuki. He's got the strap. Yay! He's got the he's got the fucking hammer. He asks he asks if he asks uh, Atra if they beat her up if they, if they were if they did this to her, and she's like yes, and he's like Ugh, and then he like clenches his gun audibly. Yeah, God, I Mika's so good. Um, Atra is very glad to hear Kudelia is safe, and they they you know shit sucks. Hit the bricks. They're on their way out. Um, mm-hmm. Sovereign snitches, and but it's okay because Orga is here in the Happy Bear ice cream truck from Fullmetal Alchemist. <laughs> yeah, he's in the fucking Morgana. <laughs> funny bear. Sorry, fun, sorry, funny bear. I need to be clear. Funny it's bear. funny bear ice cream. <laughs> uh, he's here. Like they, they're getting in. Um, as as they're getting in, Sovereign's out, and he's like begging Biscuit. He's like, "No, bring her back. Like we need a sacrifice, basically. Right. We need someone to throw on the funeral pyre pyre for." To, to appease Gallarhorn. Uh, and he says, my brother, I thank you for all the help you gave uh, raising me and Cookie and Cracker, but fuck a you. My brother in Christ, you you abandoned the family. <laughs> um, yeah. A Gallarhorn guy runs up with a gun at the very last second, and I fully expected this to be like someone catching a bullet on the way out. Like, I mm-hmm. thought so. I, I saw that guy with the gun, and I'm like, oh, fuck, who's dying? I, I fully expected someone in this in this yeah. caravan of like Orga, Eugene, uh, mm-hmm. Biscuit, Ultra. I fully expected one of them to just catch a bullet and die, but Thankfully, no one does. Nobody did. Thank they God. They just drive off safely. Um, I, um, uh, I, uh, Mingo, that's his name, right? No, yeah, Ming- Navona Mingo. Navona Mingo. Um, as the credits start, we see them him leading a January sixth, uh, in this in the town. Yeah, it's a capital insurrection. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh-oh, Cadelia's missing now, because they go back to the hotel to grab her and try and bounce yeah. out of there, but, uh, nope, she's, she's gone off to try and find Fumaton, and that's where the episode yeah, ends. She's, she's just running through the streets. Yeah, uh, She was running through the streets with her woes. With her <laughs> Yeah, uh, again, we mentioned it several times, but next episode is called Fumiton Admos. I hope nothing bad happens. Mm. 
<sighs> well, in the meantime, Sarah, um, as these episodes are over, how about... Are we heading to Beyond Toon World? You're going to love this. Trust me. Beyond Toon World! Yeah! So, this week on Beyond Toon World, these episodes are pretty, these episodes are pretty centered on... One uh, uh, biscuit, uh, 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 biscuit Griffin. Gri- biscuit Griffin. Uh, so today we'll be looking at the career of Hanai Natsuki, born June 26, 1991, a, uh, a voice actor with Across Entertainment. Um, <clears throat> just <laughs> sorry, just looking at his Wikipedia. Across just, from where? Just, uh, just really enjoying this this snippet of Wikipedia. That's like on January 27th, Hanai tested positive for COVID 19, but on February 7th, 2022, it was announced he had recovered. Like, oh, thank God. Very glad, to, very glad to hear. Also, very funny that we're in a stage of pandemic now that uh, um, we're just like that's part of Wikipedia bio now. Someone had COVID, but they're fine now. Yeah, it just it just makes you worried. I've been thinking, you know, I. Uh, Feel free to cut this out, but I, I just, I, I shouldn't have brought this up, but now I'm just, I've been thinking a lot about the fact that tomorrow is two years since the NBA shut down. Yeah. And it's just been really, you know. Two years, huh? Two, two years. Two, yeah, year, I know. two, year, two years since Rudy Gobert touched all the mics and said, I, I, I don't give a shit about coronavirus and then caught it a day later. Yeah, God. Yeah, no, I mean, because I, I, I was like on the couch with Katie earlier and like, she was just like, lockdown began two years ago. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> fucked up. Been fun. Anyways, you know, beyond two world. Anyways, so today we've got the the illustrious career of uh, Hanai Natsuki, who is who has been Tadamaru Shiki in Kimono Jihen, which is a show that I liked okay, a lot of yeah. and didn't finish. Um, the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh Sevens. Uh, he played. Uh, I'm guessing twins because their names are Gakuto and Gakugen Sogetsu. That sure sounds like twins to me. Uh, he was the titular Apare and Apare Ranman. Okay. Um, in Haikyuu, to the top, he was one Mr. Hoshiyumi Korai, a little seagull boy. Ah! Uh, in Fate Apocrypha, he played Sieg. In Dragon Ball Super, okay. he played Jocko the Galactic Patrolman. Aw, oh, fucking love Jocko. <laughs> Completely useless character. Um, in Food Wars, he played Takumi Aldini. Okay. Um, and here's the, here's the, here's the, the big three that I got here. In, it, in Odd Taxi, he was Odokawa, the walrus man. Okay. In Kimetsu no Yaiba, he was Tanjiro, Yamada, uh, uh Tanjiro. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. Yeah. That's Biscuit. All right. <laughs> and finally, in the hentai prince and the stony cat, he was track and field number B. <laughs> track, my favorite hentai character. What is the, the... Hentai Prince and the Stony Cat. I'm looking at this now. Yeah, that is. I. Heneko. So that's what. Okay. I'll show. Yes. Okay. It looks like like a magical realism slice of life coming of age type thing. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I'm not like you know, I, I I've I've gone on record as like enjoying many many anime like this. Like I, um, Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Uh, very <laughs> very similarly off putting name. Not quite as bad as the Hentai Prince, but like yeah, you know, I, I this, Can- this this looks like an interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm reading the first like the the Wikipedia plot and just like this first pl- this first paragraph I'll read out loud on the podcast because it's kind of fucking batshit. Yeah, Yoko Yo. Y- y- Yoto Yokodera is a second year high school student who is arguably the biggest pervert at school. Great start, folks. His problem is that he is not good at showing his real emotions, probably because he's a pervert. 
One day, his equally perverted best friend completely transforms and gets rid of his impure thoughts. So he became Catholic. A feat he attributes to the power of the statue of the stony cat. <laughs> Good lord. D Dad, you know? <laughs> Sometimes, you know? I wish yeah. the best for whoever wrote this. But, like, I... Absolute batshit setup, but like the second paragraph, I as Yoto is making his offering to the statue to remove his unwanted trait and give it to someone who does not need it, a girl named Tsukiko uh, Tsutsukakushi, oh god, Tsutsukakushi arrives to make her wish to be able to be more like an adult and not show her emotions so easily. Both of them wish upon the stony cat until their surprise, and to their surprise, the next day at school, Yoto is able to is unable to tell a single lie, and Tsukiko uh, is unable to show any sign of emotion whatsoever. Bit of a liar, liar setup. Yeah, I was literally gonna say liar, liar. Yeah. Um, so Jim Carrey had Listen, I would like to. I would be interested in reading a story like that, but I do not want to read something where the start of the story is the biggest pervert in school. Comma. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I could, in good faith, read something that just has the word hentai in its name. <laughs> good, well, thing have... good thing Rascal does not dream has doesn't have that. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, good beyond Toon World. I'm, I'm. Thank you, Hanai Natsuki, for your service. I am saluting. Yeah. Um, it's um, my turn for it's my turn for my turn for yes! uh, robot of the week, right? Robot of the week, Sarah. You got to tell me. So I'm going a bit esoteric with this robot of the week. Yes, good. And what would you say a robot is an imitation of? Like, like what is a robot a facsimile of? Uh, a person. Yeah. So you would say it's like kind of like a fake human, right? I would say a robot is a fake human. Yes. So by this logic, I think you could say that a fake human is a robot. Yes. From the transitive property, sure, yeah. Yes, of course. I'm with you. Yes. So, my robot of the week this week is going to be King Bradley from Fullmetal Alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, fuck, that doesn't count. He was born as a real human and made into a fake, and made into a homunculus later in life. That doesn't count. Fuck. Envy. Envy I from Fullmetal Alchemist. Envy, okay, there we go. Yes, good, 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 good. The greatest story ever told. Yes, great story. Uh, fucking, we love a little, we love a little worm. We love a little gender worm. He's he's just a gender worm, and he he has he has like six legs. You can get a fucking uh, I almost said Funko Pop. You can get a little nendoroid of him. You can get a nendoroid of him. An an en, nen, an envi an enveroid enveroid. That sounds like a badass '80s mech anime, if ever I heard of one. Hell yeah! Sorry, like Super Robot Enver. So it'd be you gotta slap a number on it to make it authentic. Enveroid Seven is my mm -hmm. favorite '70s Super Robot TV show. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Envy. That's a that's a good choice. See, I always love when Robot of the Week is just something fucking wacky. That like, as long as you argue it's a robot, I will smile and nod and say yes, it is a robot. Thank you so yeah. much. I had to. I had to engage in like some rigorous, some like rigorous proofwriting there, just to. Yeah, we, I, we engaged I, I, in I a mild to, amount of tomfoolery. I, 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 am sorry to just be talking about how like this level, this rigorous math shit that I've been taking has broken my brain. But like, I want to express to you that when I said you can accept, you can accept that a robot is a fake human, you cannot turn that around in like in inherently it is truthful. Like just logically, that does not work. Uh huh. In yeah. terms, but also. But also, it's our podcast. But also, and we can a, fake, do but also a fake human is a robot. So it's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Obama gif, it is law. <laughs> it is law. Duck slap. Duck slap. <laughs> um, well, hey, that'll bring us to close. Uh, time for plugs. Sarah, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet by heading to at SunHatGenia, S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. I do a handful of podcasts. I do Fear Baiting, which is on hiatus right now, but I got a bunch of episodes. Um, our most recent one, that the last one that for a couple of months just came out uh, on, the, on the movie Mystics in Bali. Great episode. I had such a good time with that one. Um, 
really fun one to send us into hiatus with for a little bit. Um, I do Ford Ford ReZero, the aforementioned ReZero podcast that I do with my girlfriend, Neve, and our friend and uh, former host of this podcast, Morg. Um, there is the Wonder Yerks and Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Go to Die, two podcasts that are in stasis, kind of. It's hard to say, but, you know, one's politics, one Animorphs, you know, go check them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, all hosted, all hosted so, so graciously on the Noisepace.xyz network. Thank you, Matt GameCube. Thank you, Matt GameCube. Thank you, Matt GameCube. They did, they did surgery on a GameCube. They did surgery on a GameCube. Um... You can find me on Twitter at MaxiBajillion. You can listen to Pot of Greed, my Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. We're halfway through season three of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. We're rapidly approaching the point where four kids literally just stopped dubbing the show because <laughs> it gets too dark. Um, and you can also listen to Slappers Only, a video game music showdown podcast. We're recording on Mario Day. Hopefully Jordan's audacity stops turning into a just complete mess and he's able to edit the episode. If not, it'll be up when it's up. I'm saluting uh, so hard. I'm saluting so hard. Something happened with Jordan's audacity that like just constantly crashes all the time, and we do not know why. Um, that's on Twitter at Slappers Only Pod, and go to Wow Cool Podcast on Twitter. To check us out. There's links in the description for our Discord. You can come hang out. You can post about your gunpla. You can post about how you dyed your hair to look like Four Murasame from Zeta Gundam. We all hang out. It's a great time. Um, and like half of us are all from the same region of the United States for some reason. It's funny how it works out. And with that, we are finally at the close. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Sarah, for another great episode. And as always, as we always say, war is bad. Oh, cool robot. See you next week at Dork. Dork. <laughs> <laughs>